Je m'appelle Ashley. Comment allez-vous? Uh, oui, oui. What does that mean? Comment allez-vous means how are you? Ah. But you said it really well before. Comment allez-vous? Comment allez-vous? I'm Italian, so I could say Italian. Like, como se chiamo? Mi chiamo Ashley. Oh my gosh, my mom's Italian. Yeah. You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear. I have the gorgeous, which is so annoying because I don't think anyone is gorgeous. So take it as a huge compliment. Ashley Waller. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Thank uh, you so much. I I'm know. so happy to be here. This is so fun. I, I can't even recognize myself because I gave someone a compliment. Normally I'm the bitch who criticizes everyone. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, we can cr we can critique as many things as you want. Okay. So before, ugh, this is actually crazy that you're here today because we met on the red carpet before. Yeah. I, I had to be a basic bitch of the red carpet. I, you were so sweet, though. Thank you. I Did you remember me? I did remember you. Yes. I, w I had to be a basic bitch. This is not how I'm going to interview you now. Okay, well, now I'm a little nervous because I really liked you on the cover. You were so nice. <laughs> I used to watch The Hills from my dorm room in the UK when I was studying history of art because I did history of art and dance because I'm a freak. I did dance, too, since I was two. Are you joking? No, I'm serious. What Top kind of ballet and jazz competitively not not ballet competitively tap and jazz and I tapped all through college that's like me yeah well I didn't tap but I was contemporary yeah oh yeah so you're more modern like yeah Wah. except that if we had been in a performance together I would have been at the front because I'm really short yeah, always I'm always in the back yeah I'm always in the front because I was the shortest one always well and you were probably always the prima ballerina because I did ballet and I was in a ballet academy for a lot of my life and I was always the boy because I was so <laughs> tall I was in the nutcracker for nine years and no I was way. always like the soldier or the mouse king or like something that was a boy yeah I was okay. always like the little girl or the little sister or the little like helpless princess which is like really ironic because if you knew me and my personality that's really not who I am oh as a gosh. person. The grass is always greener. I always wanted to be in the tutu and they're like, you're going to be the soldier. Really? Like, I, sweet. <laughs> I wanted to be the dude and be like, I'm going to fuck shit up. <laughs> That's what I wanted to be. So I used to watch The Hills from my dorm room in the UK. I don't even know why I'm here, how I ended up here or why I'm doing this. But somehow I'm now in LA. I live here. I interview, I report. And now I'm into interviewing you who's on the hills, yeah. which is crazy to me because, you know, I was really, really an avid watcher of the show growing up. And I was, when you come from like a small town that isn't in the US, you watch these shows and you you don't believe that it's real. 100%. Because also the American culture for us is is not real. Like we see all these, you know, commercials with all the toys and everything and we can never get those toys because they come out in America first. So America is always like the cool land that of like non-existent things that we dream about, which is crazy because That's now so I'm here. That's interesting. Yeah, and I didn't know that. Yeah, now I have you guys extensions and lash extensions, which we don't have still in Europe. So whatever. Um, <laughs> now I'm part, of, I'm part of the crew. I, I'm feeling myself. Before, before we get into to the episode and I think this is going to be perfect for you I ask everyone okay. for like a lifestyle tip because I want all the listeners to you know be able to walk away with something that they can take away with them I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend okay so I think the most important rule of thumb for feeling comfortable in your own skin is self-care and I'm a very avid um, person that devotes a lot of time to self-care because my husband's been in recovery and he's had his trials and tribulations with substance abuse. Mm -hmm. Self-care for me is like the groundwork to make me a better wife, a better mom. It's 
what I need to do on a daily basis. So whether that means like taking a bath at night to relax, meditation, Mm -hmm. anything that just devotes a little bit of time to myself. Do you have like maybe a product that you've been using like in your bath or like an app for your meditation, like something that people can go and get themselves? I mean, there's so many things. I love hair products, obviously. I'm a hairdresser and um anything that's a heat protectant to protect you from split ends is like a number one thing right <laughs> I feel like we're getting a little bit off topic but no 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 that's what I want that's yeah. what we want L'Oreal you have great hair thank you L'Oreal Professional has a spray in treatment called 10 in 1 and I use uh-huh. it every single time my hair is wet and it's the number one product and also whenever I'm feeling a little bit down and I don't have time to shower especially being a mom I love using a dry shampoo texture spray that Uh is like the best tip which one do you use I use next day hair by L'Oreal professional also okay so you like L'Oreal products I do. I've been using L'Oreal products for a long time. Uh-huh. I don't use just like the regular CVS stuff. It's use like the professional, the range. professional line. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I love everything. I've used their color line forever in my salon and yeah. it, it's just, it just works. Yeah. It I works mean, it's for a big me. company. They know yeah. what they're doing. They own like Kerastase, Shuamura, which are all huge I companies. Love I love Shuamura too. It's yeah. great. It's a more natural line. It doesn't and- give you like the results that you the quick fix result that you expect from like a drugstore thing, but in the long run, it's really good. Oh yeah. Kerastase is like that. They're like a dermatological brand for your hair. So it's very concentrated to exactly fit the needs that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Great tip. Um, I usually share a tip, but I just feel like you've put my tip to shame because I I don't know. I fry my hair every day with my stupid tongs. But by the way, (laughs) what the heck are tongs? Oh fuck. This is another thing that you don't know about. So it's, Hair, a curling iron. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call them hair tongs. Hair tongs? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. You I have love to it. start saying it. I love it. What, what's your old, uh, Australian alter ego name? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. <laughs> like, if Should I we name had her? to name her, I think her name would be Heather. Just because I feel <laughs> like it just goes really well with a role and it just sounds like Heather. Hi. I'm Heather. It just makes the accent so much stronger. So to say much Heather. stronger to say Heather. <laughs> okay. I'm like a really big bitch, but it's totally fine. I hate this fucking industry and it's wonderful. You've made me sound like a bundle of joy, <laughs> a bundle of joy, but I'll take it because I'm known for it at this point. You know, but do uh, you know what? At least you got it down. At least you're not like Is one of these. Good? It was amazing. At least it wasn't like these fake bitches of LA. Like, you know, when you walk into a store yeah. and you've seen me, I'm like the shortest person you've probably met. Oh, I'm like the tallest person. So you <laughs> and I together would be <laughs> quite a scene. <laughs> and I walk into a store and people are like, oh my gosh, are you a model? bitch I'm 5'2". Well you know what Instagram makes things different because I bet you most of those influencers that are models are like 5'2". So things are different now they're yeah, not no, the but way like they the, used it's to It's not be. just the 5'2 situation it's the whole situation like obviously I ain't a model do you know what I mean? Makes me feel worse because I'm like now you feel pity for me. <laughs> okay let's get into some like hill stuff now. Okay. Because you are Jason's wife. Uh, Jason was one of my favorites on the hills during the beginning stages of the series he didn't come across super well I always saw that he was kind of more of one of the real ones yeah you know maybe he didn't always act amazing but I did feel like he was authentic yeah I think at the time when he was filming the hills it really wasn't a true depiction of the person that he was yeah you know with Lauren being the narrator, you don't really get to see into a lot of the other characters because Mm -hmm. it's kind of her perspective and her point of view of everything. Yeah. Now with the new show, you really get to see Jason for who he is, especially since he's sober. And during that time he was in the depths of his disease. So it just wasn't a great representation of him. hundred. Let's cut to the chase. How did you guys meet? 
So we actually met through mutual friends. Okay. I was living in LA. He was living in LA. Um, I used to work at Geisha House. What is that? Oh my gosh, you haven't lived here long enough. No. Um, okay, so <laughs> shit. The no, Dolce I- Group used to own all these restaurants, and those were always the big ones on the hills. Ketchup. That's where like there was like the infamous scene with Lauren and Jason and Heidi and Spencer walked in. Oh yeah, I remember that yeah. episode. Yeah. So that was Ketchup. They also had Geisha House. They own Lay Do, which is where they went to the and club. And they every reopened, night. right? Um, well, it's liaison, but we did like a fun Lay Do party after it because it's Got the it. same space. Right. So basically, they were like the big company that like the Dolce Group and SB were like the big companies of LA, and they ran all the nightclubs in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And um. Sorry, I'm like off topic for a second. I lost my train of thought. Um, How did you meet? Oh, so I was working at Geisha House and I had met him about a year prior when he was like kind of wild and um, he kept coming in with a bottle of water and I, he was living. So before I lived in LA, I lived in Newport and yeah. he was living with my girlfriend's boyfriend at the time in Newport and I had heard that he was trying to clean up his act and um, that he had just been like put on celebrity rehab. Yeah. And so when he started coming in and back and forth, to Gage House, I obviously thought he was like obviously dropped at gorgeous. He's like a bad boy, so I thought he was really sexy. Yeah. And I was super attracted to him. And then we connected between her and kind of through social media, I want to say, like Facebook, because mm-hmm. Instagram wasn't really around then. Yeah. And we went on our first date. We actually went to a Votrasante in Brentwood because I used to live in LA. Mm-hmm. And we were with a bunch of group of people and we had the best time in our whole entire lives. We right. like left everybody else. We went to ice cream after and we laughed the whole entire time. And by the third date, he had asked me to be his girlfriend, like back to when you're like a little kid. I made him dinner because I love cooking. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a way to a man's heart. Like cook him dinner, ladies. Like don't be lazy. Learn how to cook. Okay? Right. Guys still <laughs> like it. So I cooked I'm him. lazy. Learn you're gonna make me look worse and worse throughout this episode no, you know i love I'm you i'm gonna make you look great please do because at this point every drug bottom carry on no. <laughs> so i remember i made him salmon and asparagus yeah. with greek potatoes and he sat down with me and he said i really want you to be my girlfriend and i was like okay but i'm no bullshit like you can't sleep around with other chicks no hooking up with anybody else like it's me 100 percent or nothing yeah because i'm just no i was at the point you're in italian my life, yeah i'm like i don't mess around like that yeah so he was like, no, I'm serious. I really want you to be my girlfriend. So that was it. I mean, the why rest are we history. always attracted to the bad boys? Because well, clearly s- he's good now. But you know what? I think there's something so like mysterious about them because they don't really show who they really are when really they're like this super teddy sensitive bear. teddy yeah. bear. They act like they have this a tough exterior. But then they're really like the sweetest, softest people inside. Right. See, I like the bad boys too. It hasn't really worked out in my favor so far, but that's fine. I'm going to cut to the chase. Okay. I want what you guys have. Okay. I want it. I admit it. It's out there on the podcast. Every every girl listening to this podcast wants what you guys have. I mean, I know there's things that we don't see. Yeah. How do you get that in a place like LA? How do you get it? I need at least a strategy, something to hold on to and for the other single ladies of LA to hold on to. Okay, so this is like my biggest advice. I say that Jason's my soulmate because he's the person that I love unconditionally throughout his worst times. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times in relationships, whenever something bad happens, we tend to run Mm -hmm. because it's too much of a challenge for us. And like everybody nowadays wants stuff that's easy. They want it to come to them. Well, that's just not how it works. I think we have to go back to basics and realize that relationships are a lot of work Mm -hmm. and compromise and communication are huge. Yeah. I hate to say it ladies, but it's all about compromise. So if you think you're going to get into a relationship and that everything's going to go your way, that's just not the way that it works. If you want to have a great relationship 
And, you know, we do things are always up and down. It's yeah. a relationship. You have to work on it all the time. We've been through so much in the last couple of years, which is what you're going to be able to see on the hills. We really show what our life has been like in the yeah. trials and tribulations. But I will tell you, if you stick it out, Mm-hmm. you somehow become so much stronger and like a force to be reckoned with. Right. And it just creates such a great foundation for the two of you. And so when you met him. Yes. He w- was he completely sober or was he, he kind was. of. He was. He yeah. was. I met him a week before his one year sobriety. Okay. Yeah. And so I have a bit more of a, like an in-depth question for okay. you about this. Yeah. I know you guys are using the hills as a platform to really educate people about, yeah. you know, addiction. I've met a couple of guys, for example, that I was like, this guy's super cute. He's super nice. And then they told me like, oh, I struggle with substance abuse or something. And that automatically for me was like a red flag. And yeah. I thought, oh, that's going to be really difficult for me to handle. Okay. So what would you say to people like me who are kind of uneducated okay, about it? So if I had a question for you, what yeah. if somebody said to you that they had cancer and they were in remission? The would that change your opinion about it? No, not Would really. that be a red flag for you if somebody had cancer and they were in remission? Would you not want to be with them because of that? That's a really good question. Yeah. I feel like because people are uneducated about exactly. addiction, mm-hmm. they don't understand that, you know, it's like a disease and it's not someone's choice necessarily. Yeah. I think it's just such a stigma, honestly. Yeah. I think that's where like the difference is. Yeah. I think people have this stigma that the person that's the alcoholic or the drug addict is like living on the street in a bum that's going to steal all your shit. And that's just not the case. Like, Actually, you'd be really surprised that there's a lot of functioning alcoholics working all the time, whether they're operating vehicles that you're driving in or they're operating planes. Like some of the biggest people probably, who knows, in Congress or, you know what I mean? Like you just don't know because it's just such a stigma. Yeah. So I I think just education is going to be key. Mm -hmm. I think just the fact that we're even going on this and talking about it is like, going to open a lot of people's eyes to realize that hey maybe I was wrong about the way that I used to view addiction because I was the same person I thought 100% when I first met Jason I'm like first off I grew up in Italian family I started having glass of wine when I was eight I know that sounds crazy but it was in our culture yeah we didn't ever abuse alcohol because we were around it my whole entire life so Mm -hmm. it didn't seem like something I was striving for but then again I don't have the genetic modification of the disease of alcoholism. And luckily, fortunately for me, I didn't become addicted to it. You know, I had my phases through college and everything where I drank a lot and partied, but then I got over it. And that was, that, that that to me is like a blessing to be Mm -hmm. in a situation like him where, you know, you want to be like the kids and have fun and do all that. But you literally, he used to tell me it's like being so thirsty for water, but you can't have a glass of water. Right. That's what he used to tell me it used to feel like. Yeah. So, and these are like symptoms of the disease. A hundred percent. It's right. totally where, you know, it becomes more of like a mental mm-hmm. thing where yeah. you just need that fix. You need that in yeah. order to survive. It becomes like a survival mechanism, right. you know? And that's something that he, he'll touch on a lot more in the season of what mm-hmm. it's like to be like that. But I think if the public could have a little more empathy to the situation, mm-hmm. I think it would open a lot of doors and you know create a little more dialogue about addiction Mm -hmm. and mental health and substance abuse and everything that it surrounds for me personally I do a lot of self-care I go to a 12-step meeting I do my own thing to keep on my own path because a lot of times when you're dating somebody in addiction you can kind of like become addicted to 
the fact that they have a disease and you start focusing on that disease. You start being like, oh, he's an addict. You start checking up on him. You become like obsessed with the fact that he has a disease. You stop focusing on yourself. And that's when I, when, when that happened with me, that's when I got really sick. I started co-signing things. It was like when Jason relapsed, it was like this dance that we used to do where it was like, oh, I'll get sober. If I do this, you would believe them because you're in this like ulterior it's so hard to describe if you've ever been with somebody that's been in active addiction it's it's as if the world is viewed completely differently like your whole reality is distorted right because you're just waiting and like on eggshells waiting for that person to drink you know what I mean and you're constantly focusing on them you totally forget about your whole self it's like you become I I was like a shell of a person when Jason was using and drinking Mm -hmm. because I forgot who I was And instead of focusing on my everyday tasks of, you know, getting up and doing things for myself, all I was doing was checking up on him 24 seven. Right. So that would probably be my answer. Like learn about the disease. Don't focus on the addiction. Listen, you can't cure. You you didn't cause and you can't change addiction. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. You can't. It's the three C's. Yeah. So it's not about it's not about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like that's going to be so helpful to all the listeners because no one would think that, you know, yeah. people would think, oh, this person has an addiction. I need to maybe cater to that problem. And the fact that you said, no, you still have to focus on yourself because that's what makes the relationship toxic. Yeah. I think that's something that's really going to, you know, educate the listeners and Thank resonate you. with them. This podcast is usually very comedy driven, <laughs> but you know what? No, but like th- well, these are stuff I want to know. serious matter. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's, there's the other castmates that have the drama and all the shit that goes on, but it's like, you know what? Like we really went on the show because we want to show people what it's like. Like we live with this disease every day. It's not, it's not hunky dory the whole time of the season. I will tell you that much. Like there are a lot of trials and tribulations we go through that are shown on the series. Right. You know? So I think that that, that is something that's just so real. And finally in reality TV, instead of it just being like people throwing wine glasses on each other every night, this is finally like some real shit that people are going through. With substance. Yeah. And not just like fluffy. No, not fluffy. It's heavy. And that's why it's such a serious manner. And that's why it's, I don't really joke about it because it was my life and my husband almost died so many times. I mean, he went to three, 13 treatment facilities and it's something that we deal with every single day. So I'm really proud of who he is right now and I'm proud of who I am. So I like to speak positively about it. Thanks so much for sharing all these things. Um, I have more questions. Sorry. Okay, yeah, I, just, sorry. I just wanted to thank you for sharing this because it's we such can a go heavy on topic. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys must be exhausted, exhausted to talk about it as well because it's, you I know, feel like I'm really not exhausted about it though. Like really? I'm just so happy to finally have a voice about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you hear from the addict, you hear about what they're going through, but you yeah. don't hear about the person that's directly affected by the disease. Yeah. And that's why I'm speaking about it. That's why I have a voice because yeah. so many women out there, there's so many men out there. There's so many people out there that are affected by the diseases of alcoholism whether it be your parents an alcoholic mm-hmm. your boyfriend girlfriend yeah. family member cousin aunt like does everybody in this room know at least one person that suffered with substance abuse okay three out of four people in this room right now have suffered with like know somebody that suffered with substance abuse yeah. or alcoholism hello yeah I mean, it's definitely more insane. prominent than we think 100%. it's the number one cause of death in america i didn't even know that under 50 yeah because if you think about it okay, yeah so this is like what's so fucked up about the way that things are when somebody dies from a heart attack, it's listed as a heart attack, but they could have been a drinker. Mm-hmm. If someone dies from cirrhosis of the liver, they don't put it on document that that person died from alcoholism. They right. put it cirrhosis of the liver. Uh-huh. So things are being documented, not s- not accurately. Yeah. There's yeah. only so many times they can document it saying that's a, it, it's an OD, but yeah. a lot of times people die from a lot of other related instances, but it yeah. doesn't get documented as them being affected by 
substance abuse. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's really scary. I mean, we really need to start talking about it because it's going to, it's the opioids, the prescription medications, people taking Xanax. Like it is really scary. I know a lot of people are asking you about Jason a lot and about, you know, his, what, what he's been up to the last couple of years and his addiction. But, you know, you are his wife and you guys have a very happy marriage based off of what I've seen. You guys look super happy together. You have a beautiful daughter together. I've stalked because I had to. It's called it's called research. <laughs> um, but I also enjoy it. So it's fine. <laughs> um, you. So you, you've obviously been a huge help to him. But I want to know in what ways has he helped you? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. You know, I think him just being so in depth in his program and teaching me that there is an outlet. I mean, he was constantly telling me like, you should really go to Al-Anon. You should really go to Al-Anon. And that was one of the things that really, I think, saved my marriage. It's basically a 12-step program that talks about it's anybody in the room has been affected by the disease of alcoholism. So it's just basically education. I think it's life skills. I think everybody should go to a meeting because it really teaches you the fundamentals of living your life to the fullest and not constantly focusing on everybody else, which is unfortunately what our society does nowadays we constantly focus on everybody else's life but we forget about our own Mm -hmm. it's like we're always on our phones like what is this person wearing what are they doing blah blah blah. and it's like oh shit did I even eat today yeah did I even take time for myself today Mm -hmm. he taught you the meaning of life but really though he really has taught me so much I mean he's just such a mature person he's taught me just how to be patient you know I we lost seven family members on top of him relapsing the last three years and when I lost my dad, I lost my dad also. He'll, he'll be gone four years Sorry. in a week. Thank you. And he is the male figure in my life that I have to look up to. I don't have anybody else. So I think that speaks enough of what he's done for me as mm-hmm. a person. And even just showing his weaknesses, yeah. you know, it's like I said, like loving somebody unconditionally at their worst. I, I, I would do anything for him. Yeah. You know, he is my soulmate and he has just done so much for me just by being the person that he is you don't have to give up on somebody just because they don't have this per picture perfect life yeah. you know I think that that that's something it's so easy sometimes for people to just quit yeah and I think trying really hard to stick things out sometimes it makes things a lot better it seems like it's going to be such a challenge but if you ride the wave sometimes you make it out yeah yep. that's super good advice thank you and so you know now you are on a reality tv show I know. Am I? I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, not <laughs> no, yet. I wish I had seen more of you yesterday. I was super excited to just break it down today. I know. Me too. But you know what? It's such a big cast. And yeah. since they were catching up on all the old original cast members, and yeah. I'm so happy for everybody. I'm so proud of the show and yeah. how it turned out. It looks It's beautiful. Amazing. It's one of the best produced reality TV show that I've ever seen. Like the way that they did all these oh, like slow-mos. The slow-mos. Oh, I like so died good. with Heidi and Spencer with the bathtub. It was like a softcore porn. Like I'm like, oh amazing. my god, hilarious! This is literally the epitome. If you wanted to picture outsider, like all you fans out there that love Heidi and Spencer, the epitome of that diving into the bathtub with popping champagne. That is literally them. That's to so funny. The I it's thought they were going to show us like them in the bedroom. I was like, whoa, is this like a celebrity big no, brother? Like, come back? No, no I was so like, funny. no, but they do that sometimes. If you look at Summer House on Bravo, they have cameras in the bedrooms. Oh, I know that. I, I know. I yeah. would never do that. So I was like, wow, is this a situation where the cameras are in the bedroom now? And then I was like, no, this, that shit's too produced. Like, that's yeah. not the case. But it looked amazing. Thank you. I'm sure yeah. like Chris Jenner's probably in her room watching and being like, what the fuck can I do? Because <laughs> I No, because it's it's better produced. Like, this is my opinion, though. 
It just looks beautiful. It looks so I, fucking good. I'm just so I'm just feel so freaking blessed to be a part of this. It yeah. it's like unreal. I used to watch The Hills and so now being a part of it, it doesn't even feel real. Like I felt like I was watching the show as if it wasn't the show I was on. I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good. I have chills." Like, so you were like the fan girl, so fan like, girl, and these are my the friends. Situation. Yeah, I'm That's like so funny. rooting for them but also getting the chills like, "Oh my god, Justin and Adrena again." It and really, then I'm like, "What? I like know them. What am I talking about?" It really <laughs> bugs me when people feel like they're like above the show. Like it's a good show. You know, I'm interviewing now and we have like a great conversation but I was a fan of the show yeah. I mean I'm not here with a paper asking for an autograph but like yeah which but it's a good fucking show oh of course and I'm so new to this like yeah. I'm I'm just like excited to be a part of the journey I don't feel above anybody I just you know it's such a good I'm happy show. to just share our story and get to connect with people and that's what it's all about it's an experience and so what are some of the tips that Jason gave you going into this Okay, so it's really funny because when we first started filming, yeah, you know, you have to remember, Jason really hadn't seen anybody in a very long time. And the last time that he had seen all of them, it was not necessarily positive because he was so sick. So he was like, just be careful. Don't trust anybody. Like, we don't, you don't really know anybody super well. You have to be really careful going into there. Yeah. So then once we hung out with everybody again, he obviously had a totally different perspective on everybody and loved everybody. And he's so fun. Everybody loves him. We call him like the Gandhi of the show. Cause he's always like giving his, you know, his advice yeah. and like telling people how it is. He's like the checking in. Yeah. I love when he does. It's that so great. He's so good. He's so good, but yeah. he's so real and raw. And I yeah. feel like we need at least somebody that's level headed on the show to just, you know, and it's funny cause it really wasn't that. And like back in the day, no, not back in all. the day it was like everyone's schooling him. I know. And now he's like schooling. Schooling. I mean, I mean, he's I can like see kind of schooling, schooling everyone. Everybody else. It's like, yeah. you know what? I think it'd be a great idea if you sat down and had a conversation about this and talked about your feelings and told them how you felt. You know what I mean? It's like like the he's daddy just of so the good. Yeah. He really is. I love it. It's awesome. Then he just told me, you know, be yourself. I love you. Everybody will love you. Just be authentic and true to who you are. Yeah. And I feel like felt like I did that the best that I could I'm saying that now before I see anything so we'll see I might tell yeah. you I might be so right you haven't you. seen everything you haven't seen everything yet no not at all I mean we filmed so we know but, but you, just, you don't get previews no oh in other shows they get previews like a couple. Uh, well one of the shows we don't get previews I, I mean I'm not really allowed to say I think it's so much better if you don't know I know it's kind of like a flying at the seat of your pants it's so good if I was on a reality show I would never fucking watch First of all, I would not. Yeah. So this is the thing. I'd be the awesome I did the not think I would want to watch myself, which yeah. now I'm like, I'm like kind of cringing for next week because I'm so nervous to see myself. Yeah. But you kind of have to. I mean, it's like if you have an audience and you want to connect with the people or even just validate what you're saying, yeah. you have to remember too. like we filmed this last year at the end of the year and we had all just had babies. So we are like hormone crazy, like psycho moms. Right. So I think like, is it worse than PMS I want to know oh my gosh we're all like ending breastfeeding so your hormone levels are insane so you take everything super personally and because you know my nickname emotional. when I'm PMS is periodzilla oh really yeah uh, we call it shark week at the salon I call it shark oh week God, as well yes, we call it shark I week. call it shark week so of course like everybody that works in the salon there's like a bunch of girls downstairs and it's yeah. all females so we're all kind of on the same cycle and when everyone's on their period they're all such bitches so it's like fucking shark week have Watch you ever out. fucked up someone's hair because shark week 
Oh, never. Oh my gosh. I've been doing hair for so long. No, I, I'm always getting people that have their hair fucked up for me to fix. So. Oh yeah. You have to be the fixer. Yeah. See, I'm completely the opposite. I've been interviewing people for like five years and I've ruined a bunch of interviews because of Shark Week. Oh my gosh. It's it disgusting. Sh- I mean, is it Shark Week today? I'm a little nervous. I think it's like maybe two days before. I'm like a week out. Ugh, lucky. See, I'm like, I dressed in theme. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a bit, the periodzilla situation is a bit of a problemo. But so you guys were hormonal as shit because you had just had babies. Yes. And so what's like the worst thing that you've done? The worst thing that I've done? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. On the show? Like what is the the bad shit, crazy Ashley? Like, oh my gosh. What gets to you? Honestly, like. I am always crazy. Like I really am. So I don't know. Like I might look poised and like fine right now, but I am wild. I am crazy. But like what I'm was something so that chill. triggers you? Because I could tell you what triggers me. I mean. When people tell me to calm down. Honestly, when people don't understand what Jason and I have been through and think that alcoholism is a choice I get very defensive about that just because of everything that we've been through so that's like kind of a big trigger for me yeah and you said in an interview that you were very protective of your relationship because of what you had been through yeah which by the way side note you said it in such a sweet way if I had said I'm being I'm protective of my relationship you would have seen like gone go But, but you said it in such a like non-psycho way. Which I was like, shit, this girl's actually cool. Oh, like I'm, I'm not going to be able to bitch about her in my The Hills commentary Oh my now. gosh, please don't bitch about me. No, I bitch about everyone, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to bitch about you now. Like, oh, hello, okay. you're, you're actually cool, which sucks. Cause I like to critique. I'm not going to be able to critique you now. Oh, but, well, thank you. I guess yeah. it's compliments. I'm oh, so it's going to ruin my content. <laughs> See, this is why I don't want to make friends with my interviews. And so, so you said you're very protective of your relationship because of what you have gone through. Yes. So like, what does that mean? Are you what people think of you or people injecting themselves in the situation I think it's not necessarily people injecting themselves in the situation but when you're on doing the show other people live different lives than you do obviously and so like some of the guys like to go out and certain situations we don't want to put ourselves in which you have to watch the show and find out I mean it's like I can't really give away exactly what happens but there's definitely some like confliction between us and another couple about the way that they personally do things differently than us and it's not that I don't agree like anyone can do whatever they want but if they think that my husband's doing something wrong because he just doesn't want to partake in all your partying it's just then f off like I don't really care well you you gotta be respectful of that yeah a hundred percent that would bug the shit out of me yeah it's just kind of one of those things where I'm not boring because I don't want to go to a club when I'm 30 I'm sorry I just have a child and I don't do things like that it's just there's a certain situation where I'm not being defensive I'm not sitting there saying that I don't trust my husband but you know what it's called boundaries we have them and when it's time to go home it's time to go home well it's also if it's gonna make him feel like shit like you don't want to do that to your husband no we always him and I were a team that's we matter like him and I that's it like if there's and you an- shouldn't even have to make excuses for it like Never. I'm 30 not married don't have a husband and I still don't want to go fucking clubbing yeah, no. <laughs> I just, like I don't want to be going out clubbing at my age I feel yeah. saggy and old like I don't want to go 
Sorry. It's just, it's just one of those things, which we have, you know, we, we sometimes will go out, not necessarily yeah. to a club, but we'll go out and celebrate for somebody's yeah. party or birthday or celebration or anything like that or daytime with the kids and stuff it's just our priorities have changed a lot and we were really true with our boundaries with the show for sure too yeah you know like we didn't there's like you know I'm sure you saw that some of the cast went to Vegas like we chose not to go to Vegas because my husband had a gambling addiction like we don't right we don't we choose what we would like to partake in and not partake in because that right there is very triggering yeah. for me and for him triggering for me because I've been through it with him. I've been through it with him yeah. and I will be, I, I'm like, it's, it's just no, that's yeah. it. That's it. no is a complete sentence. Can you imagine that? So no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, watching you and watching Jason on the show and you know, your relationship and how you guys are able to have a family together. I think that's going to, it's going to educate them about it. And Thank then, you. you know, we also see, I mean, this is just one episode, but we see Brody and his wife, like their relationship's not perfect. And, you know, they have different issues than you guys, you know, it doesn't take, you know, a, a, a disease or an addiction to, yeah, I to think, have like obstacles to, in a relationship. Yeah. I think that marriage is definitely tough and yeah. they're very newly married. Yeah. So I think that they're just going through a lot of the struggles that newly married newly couples go through yeah. you know I mean it's very it's very different I mean they've been together for a long time but marriage changes they I mean Brody says it doesn't change things but it in a sense does. it always changes yeah. things it really does you well know? once you get married people are like okay so when are you gonna have kids and it puts that pressure especially does, on the woman especially on the, on the woman I mean I just had Delilah and she's only she's gonna be two and everyone constantly asks me when I'm gonna have another Number baby two. all the time yeah it's like the question everybody asks it's like dude I'm like just like getting to the point where I'm comfortable even have had a kid dealt with everything we've been through like right. just chill please now I yeah. know why Jennifer Aniston gets pissed all the time at people asking her why she's not having a kid because it's like all the time it's just like fertility I, I fertility. feel like it's not the same for guys like when you're a girl people always ask you so when are you gonna find a boyfriend when are you gonna get engaged when are you gonna get married when are you gonna have a kid and there's always like a time like they they like to put a time well, limit onto everything and with guys nobody says anything and yeah, it really bugs true. me it's true no but I'm single and 30 Maybe you're so cute. That's, but see, that's, if I were that cute, I wouldn't be single in 30, my friend. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but you know what it is? I think there are so many available, like beautiful, available, like sweet, kind, wonderful women out there. But the problem is, is that men, this is what's so sad about like what's going to happen in the next generation. Yeah. Jason and I barely even had Instagram. We still had that where like we weren't staring at our phones when we were walking into each other. We were, we were like, sitting with each other in a car having a conversation getting that spark yeah how do you get the spark with a person now if you don't even look at each other do you want a secret this is why i started podcasting oh when was the last time you had a 45 minute conversation so great like that Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. It's so true. That's why I started it. Yeah. I think it's the best time for people to actually sit down and have real conversations. Yeah. It's and I get to do it with people I watch on TV. How cool is that? Yeah, it's so fun. But no, so I completely agree. Everyone's like completely no attention span, uh, yeah. no patience. Uh, they're sitting down on a date with you and like swiping through Hinge at the same 100%, time. Hundred percent. It's so sad. It's and I so hear bad. about all these guys nowadays that are asking women to like Dutch with them. Are you? What's f- that? Like pay for half the freaking bill. Are you out of your mind? I had a client in the other day and she was telling me that she went on this hotel. Like she stayed at this hotel with this guy and he literally 
Venmoed her, like asking her to pay for half of it. Yeah. It's Are disgusting. you effing kidding me? And it, I, okay. So I've got to wrap this on my phone because we ran out of memory because Ashley and I had such a good conversation. Yes, I love it. Yes. Moral of the story. Moral of the story is men should be chivalrous and pay for the women, please. Yeah. Okay. And so can you please tell everyone where they can find you, do all the plugs, everything about you? Because you're a hairstylist as well. And I know you do tutorials on your Instagram, which I've watched. Thank you. Yes. You can find me at Ashley Waller on Instagram. And then I'm also at Ashley underscore Waller on Twitter. I do a lot of IGTV tutorials. I have a new one actually I'm posting today. So everybody tune in. You can also see me on the Hills on MTV at 10 o'clock every Monday night. Thank you so much for being on the show. Adore you. I'm excited to watch you. Thanks, girls. Thank you.